Damn I mean, it. with that intro, come on. That intro, <laughs> that intro alone hypes me up, right? That is so hype. That's such a hype. What's up, fandoms? What's up, guys? This is Walt, and this is episode zero of the Blue versus Green show. Um, this is our very first episode, obviously, because we're we're here to introduce you guys to us. And so we're three guys loving two football teams in one city being New York, right? And um kind of kind of the genesis of this show was, you know, us on Telegram and Instagram DMs just constantly fighting over the Giants and the Jets. And we were just like, you know what? Screw this. Ahem, ahem. It, it constantly proving how much better the Jets are than Oh, <laughs> thank you. How much better the thank Giants you. are than the Jets? That was oh, what do you call that? That is Freudian not a, that's a Freudian slip. That's gonna that's 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 my one and only blunder ever. That's what I get for There's been many the blunders. Fans. There's been many blunders. You <laughs> by the Jets, the Giants yes. one. You know what I'm saying? One. So anyway, um, my name is Walt. Uh guys, why don't you guys just go ahead and introduce yourselves? Um, Gabe, you can go last because you're a Giants fan. Anyway, I was gonna say, is it is it a yellow card or, or something? Is that a penalty flag? For this like is football, not the right the wrong team. Yeah, no, I, I just thought card. yellow. Yellow card. I just thought the yellow. Oh, yeah. man. The penalty, the yellow penalty flag. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> caught it. You caught it. Mm-hmm. I got the penalty flag too, apparently, because I was thinking of yellow cards in soccer. All go right. ahead. You know what, Gabe? Go ahead. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, right. we'll, well, we'll give you a break. Well, I'm Gabe. Um, I am the one and only person on the show representing winners, uh, aka the Giants. Um, and you know, it's 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 cool to be here. It's awesome to kind of actually be on video with these guys. Um, yeah. it's, it's awesome to have something that kind of was just born out of you know what was already happening. You know, three guys shooting shit. You know, over. Um, over one team and then the other team, the one team being the Giants, the other guys being the Jets, um, you know, all in one city. So, um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to, to to start talking, man, start yapping. Jose? Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm Jose, um, as y'all know, uh, representing the Jets fandom. And, I mean, I got to say that, that the reason that I'm a Jets fan more than anything else is uh, – Walter, the host of the show, he's my older brother, and this is one situation where his fandom influenced mine growing up. Um, a lot of my fandoms earlier on switched. I was like a Mets fan when I was a little kid when I didn't understand baseball, and I was a Giants fan when I didn't understand you forgive, football. You forgive me, you know? Yeah, I get. I, I mean, I didn't understand the sport at all. I was like five years old. So when I understood the sport, I realized which the, which franchise was tougher and, and better and had a, a storied history um, with their one Super Bowl and their their Hall of Fame quarterback, Joe Namath. So, uh, yeah, that's that's how I decided to pick the better team and not the other team in New York. <laughs> I'm become a Jets fan. <laughs> storied history. Storied oh, history, yeah. Storied history. Oh, okay. <laughs> Go well, on. It is a storied history. It's not yeah. the best storied history, right? Yeah, I didn't um, say it was a good story. I said it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I started watching the Jets from back in the 80s. I mean, 
to yeah. be quite honest, Gabe, I'm probably longer. I've been a fan of the Jets longer than you've probably been on planet Earth. I don't know about that. I don't think you I think you've forgotten how old I am. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I started watching them around I want to say 84, 85. Is that ring any bells for you? Born in 83. Okay, so but you're there. I'm, I mean, I'm it, it's close. there. It's I'm there. really close. You it's know what definitely I'm there. I'm the I, mean, yeah. I mean, my my Jets coaches ran from Joe Walton to Rich Kotite to freaking Al Grow and you know, mm-hmm. in recent years, Adam Gase. So, I mean, you know, we've <laughs> we've had <laughs> shivers. Listen, it's been, it's been about 40 years since I've been watching uh, the Jets, and we've gone to the playoffs 10 times. That tells you pretty much everything that you need <laughs> to know about being a Jets fan. No. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but listen, die hard. And my man, Joe Klecko, yeah. finally making the Hall of Fame well-deserved. You know what I'm saying? So, Fuck yeah. you know. I'm I'm really happy about that. Um, so Gabe, we'll, we left you for last. Um, there's a reason for that, but go ahead. I mean, I'm pretty sure I already introduced myself, but <laughs> um, but as far as like my Giants fans, yeah, man, Giants. Um, like, how did you know? So, you so, so interestingly enough, interestingly enough, uh, I started out as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Um, I never mainly, that. I mainly never because I that. didn't. Again, a lot like Jose, didn't know what I was really watching, and all I remember yeah. is uh, is uh, you know, watching Emmett Smith. My mom used to like, my mom used to watch sports, not understanding sports. You know, she okay. she was a huge Michael Jordan fan because she saw him all over the place and on the news. Uh, and Emmett Smith fan just because she happened to see something. So I I I saw everything that she saw, and that's how I became a fan of uh, Emmett Smith. Until I saw LT uh, do some work in the wrestling ring, actually. So when I saw LT do some uh, do, do a, a match with Bam Bam Bigelow and WWF, you know, kind of like you know the whole the, like the who's whole that, thing. right? Yeah, like who's that, and 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 just like what's this guy about and stuff. And then you know because of that, you're seeing a lot of like New York Giants uh, highlights and everything. And then I was like, you know what? Like I want to let me start following a little bit more football. Um, but I still didn't, re- I still wasn't a football fan. I was more baseball and basketball fan until all the, uh, fanfare with Eli Manning coming on board. Um, and everyone just hating on him from day one. And I'm a huge underdog guy. So I was like, you know what? I started like rooting for the guy and I started kind of putting, putting out like, uh, blind bets out there with friends. Like, watch, he's going to win a Super Bowl this, that, and the other. He's going to be the best quarterback you ever met. And because of saying that, now I had to back up my shit talk um, by actually watching the games and learning football and being a real fan. And you know, I've been—I would say that, like, even though LT kind of had me watching some Giants games, Eli made me a Giants fan. So, and that's where we are. You know, it, it, it's funny yeah. that you mentioned LT because even though I am a a diehard Jets fan, um, LT was one of my favorite players growing up. And I had to give him all the props and all the respect because that man was an absolute beast on the field. Yeah. You know that he was scary. So I mean, I, I still remember the whole. You know, I hit him so hard the snot fell out of his nose. You remark, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that that, that was, was a scary team. dude, man. Yeah, man, he was a bad, bad man. I'm telling you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, so you know, yeah. Th- so that's kind of where we are. You know, we just wanted to. 
do this because we talk about the Jets and the Giants all the time. So we said, fuck it. You know what? Let's do a show. What could happen, right? What's the worst that could happen, right? But people like it. (laughs) People like it, yeah. So so anyway, let's talk about the Jets and the Giants because this year, right, was both teams were coming off last place finishes, right? And every... I don't know what the level of expectation you guys had. I know as me as a Jets fan, and especially after that draft, I was like super, super excited, you know? Um, Gabe, what about you? I mean, like, what was your expectation of the Giants coming in? Well, you know, I I had already seen a lot of – already, rather, I had a lot of hopes already with uh, Dable coming in. Um, uh, And it's Dable, right, not Dayball. Dable, yes, uh, I believe. Um, I know that he kind of made a point mm. to correct people. <laughs> uh, was it he or someone else? Anyway, regardless, I knew that Dable was coming in. Sorry, already, we got a room, Dable. Um, uh, and and already seeing like all the success that the Bills had, it only made sense to me that like you know we're we're, we're gonna kind of follow suit, follow that same track. Um, bring a lot of the stuff that the bills were able to implement up there, uh, hopefully through Dable and Shane. And, and, you know, my expectations were to at least resemble the bills. And I really felt like that we did um, in play calling in the coaching in in just the overall vibe of the team, um, all that stuff. So my expectations, while I think they were, they were, they weren't just met. They were definitely exceeded. I think that was the case for everyone. Mm-hmm. That was a, that's a jet. That's a giants fan. Um, and then for the jets, like I, I want, I, I will say that they, they over exceeded my own expectations. I thought that they were going to fully crash and burn, um, which they still kind of did towards the end there. Uh, yeah, but they did true. much, much better than, than anyone would expect. They would have expected. And it, and the crazy thing is that I that I I do root for the Jets, okay? So long as the Giants aren't playing at the same time. You know what I'm saying? So well, um, you, same, you and I did go to that uh Jets Giants preseason. How did how did that work out for the Giants? Uh it I, doesn't I kinda, matter how it worked out. How did I, the season I, work out for the Jets? I kind of remember no, 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 no. We, oh, my we man, man did we? My man, my man. Still waiting I for that Jets think... jersey. Oh, you're gonna get you're gonna get that Zach Wilson jersey. Hey, it was hey, originally gonna be a Sam is... Darnold jersey, but guess what? Sam Darnold's actually doing a little bit better than Zach Wilson right now. Well, listen, uh, send the send the Wilson over. I'll just change the two to 87. I mean to 17, and we're good. You know, ain't changing the name off of that. <laughs> um, right. But anyway, yeah, Garrett, I, 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 I over. I'm I good. Over, I, that's true, actually. You're right. Get it? No, you have to make sure that it has Zach's face on it. No, I'm gonna get gosh. a patch, a custom made patch for oh, Zach's Lord. face. Anyway, no, um, man. see, people, this is what I have to deal with every day. So just just so you see it, right? No one told you to be a Jets fan. <laughs> anyway. no, we know Zach Wilson sucked. You don't have to tease us about it. We tease ourselves about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. actually listen, I was actually a Zach Truther for you know the first part of the, the year, so you know. I'm still. Yeah, I mean, you know, man. So I mean, I, you know, I guess we're we're, we're kind of the season, but yeah, we're, Go we are going Sorry. into um to 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 season recap, no? So yeah, who's gonna go first again? Don't we gotta? Oh yeah, let's let's flip, throw that flip a let's, coin. 
So the way we work our our um our segments here is we do coin flips, right? And so we're gonna do a now to decide who gets to go first, whether it's Giants or Jets. So this yeah. being gets the ball. inaugural, mm-hmm. the inaugural, right? The ki- opening kickoff, uh-huh. yeah, right? Yeah, the opening kickoff. You so you know what? Since yeah. you're the, the visiting team. Yeah. No, 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 no. Hold on. Gabe, we decided Gabe, this already. Gabe, no, hold on. The Excuse team, me. Hold we're on, going hold to on. let you decide wow. it's either heads or tails, right? And then we're gonna let we're gonna let the magic of digitosity <laughs> figure this out so gabe as the visiting team where me and jose are clearly the home field right okay heads or tails brother well you know being that the giants were first and always will be heads all right here we go wow come on tails let's go wait where's the coin Ha! Son of a gun. <laughs> All right, you got it this time. Yeah. So But you know what? You know what I get to do? I'm gonna I'm gonna take off my uh headphones for a bit. No, 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 no. Don't Give leave them on because I choose to defer. Oh, you son of a gun. I you're, choose you're to defer. Kick? You're gonna kick. I'm Man. gonna kick it okay. off to you guys. You guys can go ahead. Who wants to go ahead and get started with the Jets uh abysmal season? I mean season re- recap. Listen, listen. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it to you this way, okay? So again, the the, the Jets were were coming off a force win season, right? Um, mm-hmm. Previous, they were they were dead last. Um, their defense was horrible, right? I think they were mm-hmm. they were either close to last in the league yeah. or a very very close to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Salah um, was looking looking having having listen, some issues. He they were they were thinking about first season, right? Yeah, and they yeah. were thinking about firing uh, Jeff Albrecht, Albright, right? Which was the DC mm-hmm. at the time, still is, right? Yeah. Um. So the the expectation that everybody had was if the Jets could get to somehow seven wins, right, and be playing meaningful games in December, right? That that's what it was. In yeah, preseason, yeah. that's what everybody was looking for. Guess what? And I know, I know, us as Jet fans, we kind of tend to want to pun intended, move the goalposts, right? Um, but if you look at what the objectives were for this team at the start of the preseason, they won seven games. Check. They were playing meaningful games in December. Check. So I mean, if you look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Then they were moving, and they are moving in the right direction. The problem yeah, is, the problem is, is that this Jet team started yeah. out five and two. Well, here's the thing: yeah. the, 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 it's not; it's less about the, what the problem is. I think that, like, yes, I think that um, you know the benchmark for a successful or an acceptable season for the Jets was uh, a seven-win um, season with a with meaningful games in December. Um, it's just how you guys got your seven. Exactly. I mean, exactly. Even, even if it's five two, we're talking about like you know again a quarterback in in in, in Wilson that um, really didn't do much. A lot of these games win being won, you know, in single digit numbers, just like not. It's you got the wins, but the in the, in what context? And um, right. I think that that's what's most important, and that's what's exactly more telling than the benchmark that you guys were kind of right. And and know, that's looking, why I said. Yeah. 
that's why I said at yeah. the beginning, we, we're moving the goalposts, right? Because our initial thing was let's get to seven wins and let's win, let's play some games in December that actually means something. Instead of in December, we're already looking at the draft and seeing who's available. So we we accomplished that, but it's exactly what you said. The way we started, I mean, we were seven and four going into that second Patriot game with the chance of actually being in first place. I mean, that's how crazy this season was, right? We were seven and four at some yeah. point. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was an insane start, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the thing to me was that that the team kind of became a victim of its own success, its own early season success, and the defensive success that nobody saw coming, right? Because they certainly were. There certainly was a lot of the writing on the wall, so to speak, that there was going to be a, a, a good amount of improvement. But it seemed like it was going to be across the board, right? We we expected Zach Wilson to take at least a couple of steps forward this season. Uh, we expected the offense to do better, um, and we certainly expected the defense to do better. All that based on a few factors, including how well the Jets drafted, right? That, right. As you said earlier, that built up a lot of our excitement in the offseason. But then that that early start, that that quick start, showed us what was great about the Jets. But you you can't sustain whole season worth of victories even with one of the best defenses in the league, right? And I, can, I think we can say the Jets are probably one of the top five defenses or one of the top five defenses, I think, in the league last season. Statistically-wise, statistically yeah. they were number four, you know? Yeah, right. So no. that, that confirms that. But if you can't score, right, then that means that you're just not going to win games no matter how well the defense is playing and they're not going to be able to get that many turnovers and touchdowns and, or anything like that. So they I were think- a victim of their own early success. I think I, I think I think yes, Gabe. Go ahead. I I, I want to say that like you know we can't really talk about a season recap without some of the drama either because the drama that happened uh, was also you know part of the season and with Elijah Moore and and all this uh, other stuff kind of happened in the locker room. The stuff with Zach Wilson and Mike White and 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 just you know the, the benching drama of Zach Wilson. I mean you got you, you got to got to kind of harp on that a little bit too. And, and we actually yeah. have a clip of, about that, but. Um, before before I preface that, I, I just want to say to there were to me, and this is just my personal opinion. There were two really critical points of the season where um, you saw that there were going to be issues, and and I think the first one was, you know, the the Bronco game where they were five and two going in there, and Brees Hall was en route to becoming a monster in this league. Yeah and, sure. yeah, and we lost in that game two guys that were on pace to make the Pro Bowl. That was Elijah Vera Tucker and Brees Hall. And I think that, to me, critically, was probably the biggest reason for the Jets' collapse because I don't think – I really, after that, they never really recovered. I mean, their record after that, if they were 5-2, and two, they went 2-8 and eight the rest of the way. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because if so that was if a you big can't, thing. If you can't score touchdowns in the air, if you can at least run the damn ball, then your defense can can make something happen as they did early on. That's a great point. And, right. You know, and Brie Paul probably was on his way to being the offensive rookie of the year. Absolutely. Think, you know, we, Absolutely. We grab that. Listen, Brees Hall missed all those games. Brees Hall missed all those games. He's still the rushing leader for 2022 for the Jets. <laughs> I think yeah. I think he ran for like 463 yards. At that point in the season, so and yeah. nobody passed him. So, um, but you know, I think blessing in disguise because without that injury, you know, uh, 
you don't have the actual answer that you needed this season, which is is Zach Wilson your future? And I think that he's not. Because like you just said, you know, if you can't if you can't throw the ball, you have to be able to run it. And mm-hmm. without having Brees Hall there and not being able to throw the ball at all, even even if throwing the ball is your backup plan, um, it goes to show that like, you know, he just really isn't the answer. And so yeah. that that leads up to the second point, and I'm actually gonna play a clip now. Um, because that second that second uh, critical point of the season to me was that second Patriot game. And I'm going to play this clip so you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. So let's yeah. let's roll that tape. Aside from the, the first time you played New England, aside from the turnovers, you were able to move the ball up and down the field you know, offensively. Why today was this? Did they dramatically change what they did from the first game to the second? No, it was the same. I mean, I think you got to put into account it's, it's windy as hell out there too, guys, you know. <laughs> You know, there's times where you can't just completely try and take these shots down the field. I mean, you can see how much it's moving out there. So, you know, we were trying to establish the run game, you know, same with what the Patriots were trying to do as well. You know, they're not, they're not out there chucking, you know, 30, 40-yard throws down the field either. It did look like um, CBS cameras caught Garrett and, and Denzel a little upset after a couple of the missed passes. Did they say anything to you, or have you talked to them on the sideline after that, or is it heat of the moment? No, I mean, we're all close. We're all talking and communicating. I mean, there's stuff that, you know, I want them to do different. I get frustrated as well. And then there's stuff that, you know, I miss a throw high there, and they're frustrated as well. So, I mean, it goes both ways. This isn't anyone pointing fingers here. This is everybody, you know, taking accountability here, and everyone's trying to get better. The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. no. Thank you. Room's open. I mean, (laughs) dude, that to me was probably the point where he completely lost the team. Well, I mean, it was the point. You know, he got benched right after. So, didn't he? Well, right after that, they got benched, though. You know what he did? Yeah, it was right after that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's notable when you hear the quote again and again and again and again. You pick, like, apart certain things that he said. And, like, the line right before that is literally him talking about taking accountability. Yes, I, I, I was going to like accountability. Did I you mean, look up the definition of that word. Listen, that whole clip was just rife full of, of him deflecting because what was the first thing that he said? Guys, it's windy as hell out there. Um, I'm sorry, but Mac Jones was playing the same game and he was he was completing passes. I mean, I think they threw for like 40 yards or something like that in that game. You know, it's it, funny it because was... he had he had said that like, oh, they're not they're not throwing the the, the, the ball either. But I think I don't know what game he was looking at. You know, that's the issue. He doesn't see anything. He doesn't pay attention to what's happening in front of him. I you don't know, think he's that's the game. He doesn't see it. I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I think I think he he does kind of see what's going on. I think the game is too fast for him. Clearly, I don't think it's gotten any slower. This is what we always see with these Jets quarterbacks, right? I think he sees what's going on. I think he saw what, what was going on even in that interview. I think I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be honest with you. and But I do want to talk about his his scouting report from college because I think that's, that's going to be relevant here. I think a lot of this particular interview was nerves. He, he knew he was losing the team. He knew he was losing New York. He knew be. he was losing the fans and the media. I think a lot of that was was in these responses. I'm not letting him off the hook. We definitely didn't let him off the hook when we heard that. We were incensed. But I think I think he kind of sees a little bit what's going on, and I think that ties into his scouting report. Um, so let me see if I can grab that here for a second. I had the I had the line, and and I want to thank you 
Gabe, for for pointing this out. Uh, let me see here. Where is this scouting report here? Sorry, gentlemen, I thought I had this pulled up. Um, but let me keep going. But yeah, essentially, like a lot of the scouting report was an issue with him not having the maturity, not getting the ball out quickly enough. Pick it up, and I'll I'll have that ready in just a moment. But I mean, that's kind of what I think was going on in that interview, uh, in my opinion. I, I mean, I think that the scouting report was dead on, and guys just kind of ignored. It's it's like it's like you see this really really beautiful car, but it comes with like the Carfax, and it's like you know, uh, there's the, you know issue one, two, three, four, and four, five, but it's a beautiful beautiful red car. And you're like, you know what? I just want to drive this car. I'm gonna buy the car right off the lot. Yeah. And that's what Zach Wilson is. You guys have it okay. in the scouting report. All the issues well, in the scouting report. And can I read it here? I have it. I have it. In- I have it in front of me here. Let me let me take a moment if I can to read it. <clears throat> okay, so this is uh, his NFL draft scouting report. Zach Wilson is a gunslinger QB who exploded during his third year as a starter at BYU. He has the arm talent to consistently make throws at all three levels from controlled settings and while off-platform. He's a good athlete who shows the ability to create and ad-lib plays when initial reads are covered, which is coveted from the QB position in today's NFL. Wilson has the utmost confidence in his arm and is not scared to throw into tight windows, even downfield. He will still need to improve on his timing, ball security, and when to learn to tone down the aggression and be a quarterback instead of a thrower. His slight overall build is also something to note as he won't be able to pull out a defender's grasp as easily in the NFL. Overall, Wilson is a legit franchise QB prospect who is at excitement and explosive plays to whatever offense he joins. Um, there's some negatives here I want to mention very quickly also that are noted. <clears throat> needs to be more consistent with his dropback timing, has times where he takes a couple of unnecessary bounces and hitches and needs to throw with anticipation. He ends up trying to overcompensate on this and will overstride and sales, sale throws. This kind of uh, contradicts what was said earlier, but confidence might lead him to try throws. Oh, no, this is exactly what they said earlier. Might lead him to try throws that he shouldn't in the NFL. Um, and the last point I want to make here is ball security can be poor in the pocket, especially when looking to ad lib on throws. We'll carry the ball below his waist. Well, the, the the good thing about Zach is that he he didn't have ball security issues. So, you know, he, he did have a couple of fumbles here and there, but for the most part, he was pretty good in terms of, you know, handling the ball. The problem with him, and, you know, it, it's kind of like what Gabe said. Uh, he, he was the shiny, the shiny red car in the combine, and there is one throw that you can look at that, everybody fell in love with and that's the one where he he rolled out to his left threw across the shoulder and dropped it into the breadbasket of the receiver at the combine and everybody was was wild and they should be because that isn't that is a throw that there are very few quarterbacks in the league that can that can pull off right and he's done it on occasion during games the problem is and this is something that um that robert sala has said plenty of time in this in his press conference room in his press conferences um you gotta let you gotta let the the regular stuff be the regular stuff and make go make those easy throws those are the things that are going to propel you to success in this league right once you nail that part down then you can go off script and work on that but you really really the main thing has to be the main thing and that's the thing that zach hasn't understood up until this point he was too much into hero ball he was too much into you know what 
let let's try and squeeze it i'm the gunslinger and stuff like that and it, it quite frankly he didn't work on the other stuff that he needed to now i will say this from everything that i've heard he is the first one in and he's the last one out so it's not a matter of work ethic it's just i don't think he has the proper tools or the proper tutelage to succeed at this that's point. important that's you important, know what i'm yeah. saying is Joe Flacco's not it? No, and and you know, I I believe Jose, you know, you wanted to speak on this a little bit also, right? Because um, you know, the coaches very clearly have said that they have failed um, Zach Wilson this year, right? Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I just want to mention one thing. I mean, I don't know if you want to go ahead and play this clip of that, but <clears throat> there's there's a some star cross quality, unfortunately, to kind of what was going on this year. Because if y'all recall, before the season started, the Jets had hired a completely different quarterback coach to develop Zach Wilson. And the the coach, Greg Knapp, that they hired was killed in a bicycle accident. Yes, so that is very, very true. That was something that I was remembering recently. Um, so I want to, I don't know if you want to go ahead and, and, play the clip with that yeah let's play let's play that clip right now and i I think we lost gabe so hopefully by the time that we play this clip he'll be back so um let but let's go ahead and play that clip with mike lafleur talking about zach wilson with zach do you guys feel like you've failed him in developing him right now Where, where do you feel like you're at yeah there's there's still development to me uh development to be had at through two years, yeah, we haven't we haven't done our job with them, right? You know, there's a two way street with it. You know, the players got to meet you in the middle with it. Um, but uh, you want all these guys to play at their absolute best, and and we all know that uh, that Zach and um, he hasn't played at his absolute best. He's he's shown spurts, he's shown the talent, uh, but. Uh, He's going to, and it's like solid, I know, said yesterday, through hell or high water, we're going to work with him. At BYU, um, when we watched the tape and we all agree, I mean, he, he could sit in the pocket and hit his back foot and, and deliver the ball. You know, he, he's shown that he uh, he's talented and he's smart and he's, he's willing to work. So um, I do believe he's a scheme fit. I believe he's a scheme fit for a lot of different offenses. It's It kind of is what it is in, in 2023 now, I guess you could say, like, people, you know, People don't want to wait. Uh, they want the uh, instant gratification of, you know, these these rookies, these second-year guys to be superstars, and understandably so. I use the example of what's going on in Green Bay right now. Obviously, it was Brett Favre, Aaron Sapp for four, I think, five years, uh, and Jordan Love's kind of going through it right now, uh, just how much improvement he's had through three years, you know, of sitting there watching Aaron going through the scout team and all that, and and that's that that, that was his path. Similar to Zach, you know, um, it in hindsight, it, it probably would have benefited, you know, just to sit back and, and learn a little bit uh, and uh, and watch a veteran and, and do it and just kind of grow, um, you know, in this league, uh, kind of in the back seat, watching and, and uh, getting better in practice and getting better in um, uh, through scout team and all that. But again, that wasn't the course that we went. And uh, you know, from here, we got to pick it up. We got to pick up the scraps, and we're gonna have to look back and, and see, you know, uh, what what. Not not necessarily red flags, but what indicators were there that that uh, said it wasn't ready, you know. And um, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. It really doesn't matter, you know. We just got to learn from it, and we will. Hey, we got Gabe back. Gabe, Gabe was kind of like Aaron Rodgers. He wanted to miss the the preseason. 
especially when he was talking about Jets. He was like, I've had enough. I, I wanted to go into my dark room when it came to any more Jets talk. Yeah. There you go. Your DMT or whatever the hell it is that he's on <laughs> these days. Yeah, what do you guys think exactly. of the floor and his comments? Do you really think that he, like, fell on the sword to, like, kind of just take it for the team or look for a new job, as uh, so to speak, I guess? Or what do you guys think of that whole, like, fell on the sword? Like I, I, think- I don't know if he he was aware that that the season was over at this point because things were going fairly well in spite of Zach's failures, right? So I don't know if it was falling on the sword in that sense, but I think he was definitely trying to be a good coach. This is what a good coach does, right? You got to take responsibility, and indeed, it is his responsibility, you know, as the coach, as as one of the primary coaches on offense, not necessarily not the quarterbacks coach specifically, which I talked about, but as one of the primary coaches on offense. Did, did. Didn't this happen at the end of the season, though? Definitely this, failed. This, uh, interview? Yeah, this was this yeah, was this toward was the, the end. end of, um, yeah. This is where people were actually starting to make uh, those calls to get rid of uh, LaFleur and stuff. Like, you know, New York sports radio was all over okay. it at this point, you know. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's basically admitting that, like, uh, I messed up and I probably should have not had him start. But listen, it gave it gave Woody his pound of flesh. That that was an yeah, easy that's target. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you know, like who would who would put themselves in the line of fire unless they're, you know, they 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 intend on uh, looking to go elsewhere. Yeah. So, um, um, but not having him start also is like, who the hell else do you start? You know what I mean, like they tried starting everybody, and the only listen, one that gave them decent results was Mike White. Right. Yeah. Everybody I know. else was trash, and, 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 and like Streveler for like. A quarter and a half, right? Listen, the, the way I look at it is this way. Um, you know, when you put some competent quarterback play that Mike White gave us, right, uh, the offense looked good. So I, I don't fully put it on the floor um, because I, I think he was kind. He kind of realized as the season went on that Zach was kind of hamstringing his, his, his play calling. I mean – it literally got to the point, and I think this was reported a lot in New York sports media, where Lafleur literally was say, telling Zach one read and then run. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't you can't run an offense if that's the way you're you're telling your quarterback, and if your quarterback can't can't process past that first read, there's no way you're gonna you're gonna get any capable quarterback play at that point, you know. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing is, and this is something that kind of made the the internet and all this stuff, if the Jets even had half average quarterback play, and in this case, you know, the average scoring for the league was 21.9, right, for the year 2022, they would have won 10 games easily. I mean, the, who was it that, that, that they, they say that the Jets – Failed on on drafting Justin Fields, who's not even a world beater, not right back. They would have won nine games, absolutely. Behind center, I mean injuries notwithstanding, but right. You know, had that. But even but even then, even then, Jose, um, we were in all of those games. Like like you you can't say that we were blown out in any of them. That defense held them right. So even if we had gotten a smidgen. Like a whiff of quarterback competency, right? We would have won those games most likely. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but, 
Like in hindsight, well, you don't we, know. We gotta, we gotta blow the whistle over here. Okay. Can we, can I, we, think it's about, okay. I, I think it's about time we get to the Giants, a little bit of Giants talk. No? Okay. Sounds you want to uh, sneak one more in before we uh, go to halftime? Yeah. I, 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 I think, I think we have point. five seconds. I think we have five seconds for the Giants. For the Giants? Wanna, no, for Jose. <laughs> go ahead. And then I got to take over. Let me, let, me, let me get to it so we get oh, okay. to the Giants. Let me sneak in this quick point. And the, the quote that you found about, about Zach Wilson I found is much shorter. I want to read that very quickly as well to kind of cap this off. But I want to go over this by, like, <clears throat> one-score games. How many one-score games did the Jets lose this year? Because mm-hmm. I feel like one score was all was all the difference, right? They won seven games. So Baltimore, they would have lost. They would have lost 24-9. Cincinnati, we would have lost. Makes sense. 27-12. Right. New England. That's said eight, eight wins, right? New England again. That would have been a tie, at least. Let's say it's a tie, all right? Because they would have tied that game, all right? Let's give them one more touchdown. So that's uh, eight wins and a tie. Minnesota. I was at that game, actually. I was in Minnesota. I was at that game watching them play the Vikings, and we really gave them a great game. We lost 27 to 22. That's nine wins. Buffalo, uh, we lost by eight to them, so we're not going to give them that one. Yeah, but you know what? You know what, Jose? Let me let me just say one thing. Let's be fair, and we got to get to the Giants. So let's just try to move through it. But but you also you also have to remember they were driving to to um, take the lead late in the fourth quarter. And Michael Carter fumbled the ball, so they were in it. Sure, that game they were in it. You know what though? Like I, I want to. I don't want to get too specific because it's so hypothetical when you're inserting an entirely different player. I'm not going to go to like talk about specific plays because the entire game, the makeup of the entire game would have changed if Justin Fields were high center. That play might have never happened. So I don't want. I don't want to give that one to that. I was at nine wins, right? Yep. Detroit. I was at that game. Yeah. Detroit. Twenty seventeen. Three. Three. Lost by three. 10 wins. Jacksonville, we lost 19 to 3. Not happening. You know, Seattle, 23 to 6. Not happening. Uh, Miami, 11 to 6. 12 wins. So we're talking 12, what is that? 12, 4, and 1, right? Yeah. As a final record. If we, if we hypothetically, 100% hypothetically, had a, a, a better quarterback, that would have gotten us better results. Right. Better than Zach Wilson, which was bottom of the barrel. Uh, and I'm going to read this quote and then I'm going to let you go ahead and, and, and we're going to talk. Plenty of Giants very quickly, but this is Zach Wilson again. And this is what I think encapsulates it really well. And again, thank you, Gabe, for finding this. Ascending quarterback prospect who possesses a swagger and arm talent to create explosive plays inside and outside the pocket. The gunslinger mentality and improvised release points are clearly patterned off of one of its favorite players, Aaron Rodgers. Ha. However, his play is a little more reminiscent of a blend between Jake Plummer and Johnny Manziel coming out of college. As Manziel, too much of Wilson's schedule due to inconsistent anticipation and desire to hit the big play but like both manzel at texas a&m at plumber he's mobile with the ability to extend plays and hit the chunk play wilson's sophomore year tape shows troubling decision making so nfl teams would need to balance his 2019 and 2020 production in the evaluation process he put a lot of work to get to this point and has the potential to become a good pro however he might need to play with a more disciplined approach to reach his ceiling and that's that. And that's all she wrote. All right. Giant stuff. Let's go. Well, what did you guys think about the Giants this year? And that's how I want to start off. Well, Jose, I, Jose, Jose had very, very high hopes. I like, predicted their wins. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you did. Predicted that you, you predicted the Jets and the Giants win. I, I, thought, I thought. I did, actually. Yeah. I actually thought. And that was three games. Crazy. 
that was about three or four games in, though, to be fair. Let's, I didn't predict that at the beginning of the season, right? I think that was like week three or four when I was like, something like I think it was. I it, it, it was wasn't the start. On, it was early on, but it, was, it wasn't it was, the start. Yeah. It was early on. Yeah. You know. And like, what did I say? I said the Jets had a nine-win ceiling and were probably going to win seven. And I said the Giants had an 11-win ceiling, but we're probably going to win nine. So the Giants hit my ceiling and the Jets hit my prediction. Let's Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the Giants were playing so well early on. The coaching was spot on. The play from Daniel Jones was consistent. Barkley was was playing like Saquon Barkley. There's a reason you want to hold on to him right now. I I was I, I was happy will. for the Giants. I don't know if we will. I don't know if you will. You probably. I mean, you probably won't for all intents and purposes right now. But I don't want to. I don't want to throw fire on your part of the segment. That's um, not my part of the yeah. segment. It's our show. <laughs> well, I'm just. Well, I'm just yeah, the. Uh, I'm just the part, ambassador. Our conversation, you're the Giants ambassador, but I, I, I was I was proud of the Giants. Again, as a Jets fan, as a former Giants fan from the Phil Sims days and the Lawrence Taylor days, I was happy for them, happy for the team that beat Tom Brady twice. And they did really, really well. So that's, I guess, what my take was early on. And, and, and Walt, I mean, me and you, you and I were, you know, at each other's throats basically the entire season when it came to like talking about Jets, Giants and stuff. But I think we both also like really, really were impressed on, on the Giants and well, listen, how well they've done. I know that you didn't really watch many of the the Giants games. I tried as much as possible, but the problem yeah, was. The, the Jets, problem is that the Jets in you wants to see losing more than winning. No, well, the Jets and the Giants, they play similar games <laughs> at similar times, right? Right. West Coast Can football is always that? 1 o'clock. You know, it's West Coast football. Uh, that yeah. You get the 4 o'clock games, right? So? That, yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense. We've never – it's never played – that's one of the gripes that I've had with the season is that, like, the Jets and Giants, they played at 1 o'clock at the same time so often this season that it just didn't make any sense, especially now that you have, like, even Saturday games. And it just – I don't understand, like, I, I mean, was, I guess uh, I do understand it. You know, we're both, like, you know, sort of, we were bottom of the barrel. So, it's like, hey, let's put these guys, like, on the corner. Nobody's really going to watch them. Nobody expected the Giants or the Jets to have a breakout season at all. But, man, the Giants, I, mean, I, I think I think a lot of the problems that, that we faced this year in terms of scheduling was because a lot of the teams that we played were East Coast, East Coast yeah. teams, right? We didn't yeah. play a lot of West Coast football so that's why mo the majority of the games were one o'clock games so, right um i so mean that's why so i couldn't watch as much as possible and i did watch some giant games to be honest but, but i couldn't watch as many as i wanted to just because you know what i'm always going to default yeah, just, to the jets, same right? thing and I, I didn't watch as much as i you know would go back and forth between the giants and jets when i had a chance um most of the time i'm listening to the games instead of watching them but still um Anyway, it was a nightmare for me. What I really, right really want to talk about, what I really nightmare. want to talk about, is like Daniel Jones and to me, over exceeding expectations. Especially because like I have been a defender of Daniel Jones since since day one. Just because I don't believe that you should judge a person before giving him a shot. Same as Zach Wilson. The difference is that like Daniel Jones, when he finally got a legitimate shot, he took it and ran with it. And even in the beginning literally, of the season, literally. Yeah. yeah, literally. Even in literally. the season, he was still having so many detractors, um, but mainly because there weren't the weapons that were that that that, that he needed uh, in a new coaching, new staff, new front office. They're still kind of getting to know everyone. They're still trying to kind of get their groove in and stuff. And before you kind of start like doing hail marys, you gotta 
you got to kind of like ease your way in. And the way that Dable eased his way in was really, really relying on the run game. And Saquon, like, I think killed it, you know, giving Daniel Jones and the team time to, to, to figure out how, how to gel, you know, and, and I really think that they gelled at the end of the season. I I do agree with that. And I, I think, you know, one of the things that I marvel about the Giants, um, and and you you know that I've been more than complimentary about Brian Dable. I mean, I, I think he was a fantastic coach. I said from from the beginning that you know he should have been coach of the year. He did get it, you know, and well deserved and stuff like that. And I think one of the things that that he um he accomplished that he he realized early on is that. You know, this offensive line that you guys have right now, and again, this is not a knock on the team, right? Because the team, quite frankly, it needs an infusion of talent on the roster. I think yeah. we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So I, I think I think one of the biggest things that Dayball did was recognize the fact that that O-line was not going to win a lot of battles up front. And, you know, he decided to make a shift, and this is something that that – you know, I, I've heard a couple of people talk about, but he went to 11 personnel very early on, which which in that case, it means you have one tight end, one running back, and you're you're rolling with three wide receivers. Right. And what that did was it it created zones for Saquon, because now, you know, and especially with Jones and DJ, Joe, DJ, mm-hmm. another and these are very subtle things that Dayball did, but it, it just shows you how good of a coach he is. He stopped with with um, Daniel Jones throwing slants. Instead, it was more of a cross game for him. And that is super important because, you know what, that enables DJ to get that ball out really, really quick. You know what I'm saying? Or run it if you he have, has to. Exactly. Yeah. So, I'm say so the same thing. Mm-hmm. You have you have the recognition by Dayball here on what his talent was, and he beautifully put them in the best uh position to win. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I so agree. if there's an MVP, I, I'm not gonna give it to day, DJ, and it's not again, not a slight mm-hmm. Saquon. Mm-hmm. It's it's Always Brian Dayball to me in this in this particular year, because what he did with All right. this roster is amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's already got Coach of the Year, but let's play this little game real quick. You know, if you had to give the MVP to a player on an, a, a player on the team, who would you give it to? On it's the deep. Giants, it's the it's the other Jones, not Mac, not the garbage Jones. <laughs> DJ is DJ was fantastic. I just to like very quickly jump off of Walt's point like and then Walt you can answer like it it was really mm. f- fantastic how Dable put his faith in in DJ's legs this season right and like in right. Saquon Barkley's legs and in DJ's quick decision making on those like you said crossing patterns instead of slants freeing him mm-hmm. up to run I mean he was the he had the fifth most yards of any back rushing this season and that includes names like Justin Fields, who was number one, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, and Jalen Hurts. So, like, on on the a list of elite running quarterbacks, all highly elite proven running quarterbacks. So, I think that that was fantastic decision making by Dable, and I want to give him his flowers as well, like you did. Well, but yeah, DJ for <laughs> exactly. me. DJ for me is the the player MVP on the Giants. 
Well, yeah, I mean, DJ really had to, like, put the team on his back when he had to, you know, and that's kind of the issue that I've been saying, like, all these years long, is that, like, DJ doesn't have a choice but to play however he can play, and I think that this season he really showed not not only that he can continue improving always as a quarterback, but that he can lead these men, the G-men, to victory, and, 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 you know, we had our first playoff win in however many years since, since yeah. we had Eli on the team. So that was huge. Um, it, huge. Was, it was really, really big, especially considering that it's Dable's first year as a head coach and winning, winning, winning that first playoff game. I mean, like, I don't know, like I was so ecstatic, you know, I, I, like watching that game. It was, it was just so awesome, man. Um, feeling like, okay, the giants are, are, are back, you know, in a way, there's a lot of work that we have mm-hmm. to do, but I do want to talk a little bit about Saquon. I think I, we have to because, for me, and and again, I, uh, it's not me hating on DJ. I believe that Saquon is is really the MVP because you know what, his his ability to make that defense respect that running game kind of opened up things for DJ. You know, yeah, but see, I gotta cut you off there. I gotta cut you off there because but, but let me let me let me finish my point because there okay. was there was a point, you know, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you. Absolutely. But there, there was a point where Saquon wasn't playing that well, and the team kind of floundered in that middle toward the end. I mean, they they started out what was it? I think um, seven and two and whatnot. And you know, you had that little bump with Saquon, and and the team struggled. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. So, so that's that's why I, I you know I kind of give it to Saquon a little bit because you know. He opened up those possibilities for DJ. And listen, to DJ's credit, he took advantage, right? So, again, I'm not discounting. Uh, but that's, that's why I say that, like, if DJ that's, were that, hurt. That, that, no, 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 no doubt. Those two, those two were essential. I mean, if you take one or the other, the, we're not talking about the Giants in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're right. But, it, you know, those but, but, but two I make, guys I were so super important to that team that if anything happened to one or the other, we're having a very different conversation right now. Right. But that's that's the thing. So this is what I want to go go back to on that point is that like, yes, Saquon made the defense respect his game, but then so did Jones. Jones's running game made him respect him. You know, they had to make their changes. They had to play his own different. They had to always be aware that Jones can run it. So he made them respect respect him just as much as Saquon made him respect him. No, so I, on those, I don't disagree I think, with that. Right. So I think that on those terms, they're equal. But then Jones still had to, like, find ways to make them win, even when his one and only good weapon wasn't working. And I think that the reason I, I give so much credit to, to Jones is because our really, really weak receiver team um, really got to develop themselves because of Jones, I think that Jones was able to put throw some amazing passes, uh, really kind of give these these receivers confidence by putting the ball in their hands and showing them that they can catch it. That that if they get themselves open, that DJ will put the ball in their hands. And without that, um, I think that you don't have anything. I you know like of course if, if DJ can't put the ball in anybody's hands, then they could just keep shutting down Saquon. But that ended up giving Saquon the chance to kind of reemerge and like you know kind of get back into his rhythm. Because DJ was able to like put the ball in the hands of receivers that are just honestly not that good of receivers, you know. So, based on the fact that he is the threat on the ground as well as being able to open up the defense so that Saquon can do his thing, that's why I give it to DJ. That being said, we're talking about these two guys, 
Okay. The most important thing that comes out of this season is which one do we keep? Because I, oh, I, I what don't a segue. Th- I oh don't gosh. think I don't think that Dude. we keep both of them. I don't Dude. think that we keep both of them. Really, really. I don't think that we end up keeping both of them. You know? So, uh, so um, let me let me put gun to your head. Um, which one are you keeping? DJ all day. Okay. The reason, the reason, and we've spoken about this off air. The reason that, that it's because quarterbacks that yeah. you know, you it's not that they're, it's not, it's, it's not that you can't mm-hmm. find a quarterback, but like you, you find a good no. quarterback, you can draft a you quarterback. Cannot find the quarterback. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Everyone else in the league can find the quarterback. The Jets no. can't find it. The Jets, no. the the Jets quarterback search flies over their head. Pun intended. I, I listen. No, 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 no. It's, I'm, I'm, it, joking. It's, I'm joking. No, no, I know, but but it's very, very difficult to find a quarterback in this league. It you know? is. It absolutely. I mean, is. let me let me just let me just give you the top five quarterbacks that have been drafted since 2014 to 2021, and you tell me how how successful these guys have been in drafting quarterbacks: Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff. Carson Wentz, Mitchell Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance. These are all guys that were taken in the top five since the draft. From I mean, we're talking about fifty percent of them being like, not even, not not even. even. How many were on that list? There was two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen guys 14, out of okay, that I list. Out of ten. All right, all right. I feel you. I understand it. I understand it's it. Hard anyway, to, it's the main hard to reason, find a quarterback. The main reason, the main reason I say it is because even if you find and draft a really good quarterback, you're not. You still have to develop them. You still have to no kind doubt. of, no you doubt. know, spend the time to make them a veteran quarterback. And Daniel Absolutely. Jones now is that veteran quarterback. You could say like he's only had really just one really amazing season, which was the last season, but. I wouldn't say that's his fault. Year, yeah, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that's his fault. I do think that he has proven metal now, um, and it's just a matter of putting weapons around him. What you can find and develop very easily is a running back. Can so, I can I ask you this? Okay, go ahead. Okay, I just want to I don't want to go over the free agent class for this coming season because I want you to think about what you would want to do based on this free agent class. Uh, let's go with the running backs first. Your free agent class for 2023. And this is, of course, not exhaustive, but of course, here's what you got right here Josh Jacobs, Jamal Williams, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Ezekiel Elliott, Samaj Perrin, Mark Ingram, and Rex Burkhead. Okay. Those are your free agent running backs, some of the, the notable ones. For 2023, I have, no scouting reports. I have no scouting reports. I have no idea who any of these guys are. Let, let's, okay, exactly. Let's, 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 flex well, on, that, let's flex that for the end because I, I think we're going to get into both Jets and Giants stuff, right? Okay, but I just want to like at least mention this class here, okay? And then we can we can go with this for the end. Um, quarterback classes, of course, includes Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy G, Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady, Geno Smith, Jacoby Brissett. Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Joe Flacco, Mike White, Tyler Henneke, Taylor Henneke, excuse me, Drew Locke, Kyle Annan, Blaine Gabbard, and Jarrett Stidham. Okay. Okay. That's the quarterback yeah, class for 2023. So, I know, the, the, the quarterback class, and, and it, it's – there are really only two guys, right? But, but before we get into that, because that really leads into 
the Jets stuff, right? Because, you know, if, if you go on ESPN, if you go on the NFL Network, all they do is talk about the Jets, the Jets, the Jets right now because it's yeah. all about the quarterback, right? But I want to stay on the Giants for just a moment because I want to I want to throw this to you, Gabe. Daniel Jones, $45 million a year? Uh, I don't... <clears throat> I don't... I definitely don't think he's going to get $45 million, $45 million a year. The market just doesn't, you know, it, it's not going to give him that, you know. Uh, he has a quarterback rating that's very, very similar to, uh, you know, the the upper middle pack. And then if you look at their, uh, like, Tannehill, you, you, if, you look, if you look at their quarterbacks with their, the around, around the same quarterback rating, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. look at their contracts, we're looking at 36 to 38. So I think that that's what warrants his his uh, thing. And I think that we're going to end up settling on maybe 38 non-exclusive. Okay. So this way, if he can get 45, they're going to be like, you know, go ahead and find it if you can get it and then build into the uh, contract, uh, a chance to match for the giants. Um, I think that that's going to be the best bet. Um, But I don't think that like, because, because who's going to pay him 45. There will be somebody out there. That's crazy enough to pay him 45. I, I hate to say it. that's that's just the reality. I mean, if freaking right. Deshaun I, I, Watson I, no, no, no. can get yeah. yes, can get the, the 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 contract that he got, there is somebody that's dumb, well, not dumb enough. There's somebody that's crazy enough to give DJ forty five million dollars. Right, but see, here's the thing that comes with a caveat. I think that Deshaun Watson is like, I'll go to whoever can pay me. Because he also was dealing with a scandal, and it's like, how many people are willing to pay me and deal with my scandal? Um, whereas with uh, DJ, it's a matter of like, all right, I want to, I want to get paid, but I also, I also don't want to just go anywhere. You know, um, I don't think that there were ma- many teams that would, you know, fork up the salary and deal with uh, a yeah. uh, Watson scandal. So I think that the the, the, yeah. the pool was very very small. Um, but you know, on the other end of that, um, the pool is much bigger for DJ, but I don't think that anybody's going to be willing to compare him to Deshaun Watson either, though. So um, I, I, I think that, like, the, the, the best offer that he'll get, let's say he gets, like, $40 million from somewhere, some you know, the, under the rainbow. I don't know. But yeah, um, I, think I still think that, like, if somebody offers him $40 million and the Giants offer him 38 I still think that he takes 38 I think you will. I agree with. I mean, he's he's. There's no way that he's going to get forty five million dollars when Aaron Rodgers is making fifty, Russell Wilson is making forty nine, Kyler Murphy and, Murray is yeah. making forty six. Like he'll be the the fourth highest paid quarterback or fifth. Sorry, yeah, he'll be tied for the fifth be, highest yeah. paid quarterback with Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes in terms of annual salary yeah. if he gets forty five I mean, million dollars. They, they, can't, and, 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 they can't, can't franchise tag him though. No, with, no, the, with no, the exclusive one, because if if you franchise tag him with the exclusive, that's a disaster for the for the Giants this year. It really, really is. You know, um, um, that it has said, to it I, has to go non-exclusive. If you yeah, that absolutely does. Now, here's the other thing you know? too, though. Like I want to talk about Saquon and why I think that we don't keep him as much as I really feel like we should, um, just from like you know a fan perspective. But the reason I don't think that we keep him is because he does have a lot of value to be able to kind of like send them away um, and, uh, and, 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 and we can just build off of the, uh, the draft, you know, in, in, in free agency and stuff. Um, 
you know, that's going to be a lot cheaper considering how bad our cap is. The priority is to get DJ. Um, there is part of me that feels that the reason they haven't signed DJ is because they are trying to negotiate with both of them at the same time. Like, how can we keep these two on the team? Otherwise, if they really were already intending on, like, not signing uh, Saquon, then I think they would have already made the deal with DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just how I feel. You know, but those are really the only two things that matter when it comes to, 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 to the Giants and 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 off season. I mean, obviously, like you know, when it comes to draft and and free agency, we got to satisfy the the things that are most important. I think that it's time that we do get a chance to talk about like, you know, uh, off season needs for both teams. Yeah. Um, well, I we think still that, have we still haven't even gotten to the quarterback situation for the Jets. We're going to talk about the quarterback situation is the offseason situation. It's crazy, right? The quarterback situation for the Jets is the offseason. But the, uh, you know, for the, for the, for the Giants, we need to still tighten up the O-line. I think that our, you know, if we can get like one more good solid receiver, that would be really good. I think that the receivers that we have uh, showed some really good promise. And I would rather focus on O-line protection and uh, more, uh, more, uh, you know, another running back, obviously, if we're not going to have Saquon. Um, and then um, – and, and 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 that's it, really. You know, that's it. It's it's get DJ, probably get rid of Saquon, focus on building the O-line, get yourself one or two uh, wide receivers um, and build on the uh, – and, and obviously, like, replace Saquon, which I don't know how exactly they're going to do that. But, you know, maybe you it's going to be the Giants' first pick. will be either – I think it's going to be – if if we don't keep Saquon, it's probably going to be uh, you know a running back, you know. Otherwise, it's going to be a receiver. I think you guys also have to focus on the defensive. I think primarily linebacker also, because um you know your actually defense... I'm pretty happy with our defense. You know? Really? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with our defense. 25th in the league. You're happy with that? Mm. <sighs> I, it's... I, I think I think you got to build that defense because you know you give DJ weapons but if he's losing 31 27 every every game you know what 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 are you what are you working towards you know uh i don't i don't Especially recall, when you're i don't looking at a team I, that can run the ball yeah yeah, yeah but i also don't i, I, I don't i think, I think that like those numbers aren't really you know telling the entire tale of the season i don't think that we had many many blowout games i don't think that we had like games where people were like racking up points on us except for except for these stupid birds down in philly um, but outside of that, like, I, I think that our games were a little bit pretty well contested. I think, um, I'm not saying that we don't need to build on the defense. I just think that priority wise, I think that the O-line is more important, you know, especially considering that, like, if we're going to put all our chips on DJ, we need to protect them. You know, yeah. thankfully he didn't like get hurt, you know, this, the, the season and stuff. He didn't really miss time. I, you know, he, he sat out a few snaps and stuff. Um, uh, but you know, uh, I, uh, he started every game. Um, and, and, and so if we can protect them more, not only does it give us, it give them more chance to, to shine, you know, by being able to hit new targets, but it's just going to protect our, you know, the investment that they're going to put in. They're not going to pay DJ X amount of dollars and not invest in protecting him either. Right. So, well, that being said, let's get into the jets and really, the offseason needs are kind of obvious. It's quarterback. I mean, there are there are some things that the Jets do need. You know, um, they they do need some uh, offensive line depth. 
uh, linebacker may be, may be a thing to shore up. But ultimately, it's it begins and ends with the quarterback. And there's, there's a number of quarterbacks that are kind of attached to the Jets, whether it's true or not. We'll find out shortly enough. But the two biggest targets are Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, which are the two biggest prizes in this offseason, right? Um, I personally kind of trend toward Derek Carr um, just because there is there is so many positives there in my mind. You know, I mean, you know, you look at you look at his accuracy, you look at his durability, you look at the fact that, you know, he he kept that team together a lot, you know, two years ago during the whole uh, John Gruden stuff, the Harry Rugg stuff and stuff like that, and got them to the playoffs despite all that turmoil. You know, the guy sounds like he is a great locker room guy. Um, he, he looks like he'll slide into that locker room super well, you know, with that team. And, um, you know, it, I, I, there's so many positives with that. Aaron Rodgers, to me, um, feels a little bit like Kyrie Irving. You know, great immense talent but there's a lot of baggage that comes with that and to be quite honest why would he want to come to new york you know i i know politics shouldn't come into this but his politics you know he's going to be not only back pages of, uh, of the newspaper he's going to be front page also the minute that he comes in here and starts talking you know and i, I think I, that's just a distraction to the team there, there is one thing that I want to say when it comes to comparing him to Kyrie, um, and and I I agree that like you know he's he's a Kyrie esque uh, character, you know what I mean? Um, he plays though, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. That like when push plays. comes to shove, yeah. Aaron shows up like no matter what the how distracting <clears throat> he can be, he's gonna show up and he's gonna play hard. He's gonna play hard from you know from from opening bell to to all the way to the end. You know, Kyrie is like all oh, like you know he just he just doesn't feel like playing, so he just doesn't show up. You know, and and, right. and that goes to show that like he wasn't ever really a team player. So the fact that Aaron always shows up is that he will fight for the good of the team. Um, but hates him. You well, know that. That being said, that being said, I still don't necessarily think that he's the best. I don't think that he's the best option for the team long term wise. I think that if you take um, Aaron Rodgers. For the short term, you might even win a, 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 a chip. But I think that, like, long term, it's going to end up costing you so much. Mm-mm. I don't, I don't he's, he's, agree at all with picking up Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's 40 years old. He's coming off his worst season, I think, of, of his, like, in the last 10, 15 years. Or the last 10 years of his career, he hasn't had a season this bad. Yes, the Packers were not a great team. They didn't have weapons. The Jets' weapons are not a ton better. We have we have one really really good wide receiver and a few that I, are. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Okay, you know, so but that's fine. But but like this looks like to me like a, a Brett Favre situation all over again. And it's I, and exactly I, almost the same. You're you're I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the Packers retiring quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you yeah. you know he, here's yeah. the thing that I Stay have. Here's the thing. Not that, that he's going to be on the Jets with. anyway. It's not going to happen. He's not. No, I know. But but here's the problem that I have with Aaron Rodgers. And and listen, if it's just football, then Aaron Rodgers coming here makes sense, especially if the if the team is still all in on Zach, right? Um, 
because if you bring in Aaron Rodgers, you know you're going to get him for one or two years, right? And and supposedly then Zach has the ability to learn under Aaron Rodgers, right? But here's the rub, okay? And um, this is this is where I kind of look at Aaron Rodgers, and, and this is why I say it's kind of like a Kyrie situation, but I know it's not really all the way, right? Aaron Rodgers complained this season out loud in public to the media about his wide receivers and how they were not up to snuff at this point, okay? Now, fine, you want to say that tough love, right? But Aaron Rodgers, if you really wanted to be on the same page with with your wide receivers, then why the hell didn't you show up to preseason to knowing that you have a young group and knowing that you want to gel with them. So it kind of feels very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disingenuous when you're in the middle of the season talking about how you don't have any chemistry with the t- with your young receivers when you chose not to go into preseason, into camp, and work with those guys to get the chemistry that you needed to be successful during the season. That's the first thing, right? The second thing that I have a problem with Aaron Rodgers is he was on the Pat McAfee show not too long ago talking about Zach Wilson and the relationship that he has with Zach, right? And this is the problem that I have listening to what he told Zach because he called Zach or text Zach. I can't remember exactly what it was, right? And Zach at that late stage of the day was still working in the Jets facility. And Aaron Rodgers literally literally told him, said, dude, what the hell are you doing there? Go out, have some fun, be a kid. Really? That's not what Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? I'm going to find the clip, and I'll I'll show it to you next time. That, to me, work ethic, you're going to come into 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 this group, right, who we all know that the Jets, these rookies, they work hard. They, they're working their asses off to trying to be the best player that they can. And here comes Aaron Rodgers talking about, oh, dude, guys, why are you still here? Do, we, do you really want that in your locker room, especially with a young, impressionable group? I mean, that seems a little weird. No, I mean, it does. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to do what Aaron Rodgers does. But, you know, I don't know. Um, I, I have no idea, uh, where, you know, yeah, where, I was having a little uh, problems with my camera guys. Sorry about that. I was going to yeah. say, it was like, I have no, I was going to say, where, I, was gonna, I have no idea where we're well, going with, you know, this. you know what happened? <laughs> the, the, the camera couldn't handle my rant. That's all it was. So, you know, <laughs> Did you it, like it smack the camera by accident? Well, you know what? It annoys me because you know what? Everybody, everybody is sitting at the throne of, of Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. Everybody's waiting around for him. And I, I, I guarantee you this. He's probably going to announce what he wants to do on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday, the same day that the NFL Combine. And that is so on brand with Aaron Rodgers. It yeah. really, really yeah, is. Yeah, no, you said so. You know I mean, I, I, like, I, I think so. He's going to make it all like, you know, it's he, all likes about to ruffle, he likes to ruffle the feathers. You know, he yeah, likes so then, to be very – and it's funny because he really wasn't like this until, like, you know, he had, like uh, – I forgot what it was, the scandals that he had. I actually forgot what, what issues he had. 
Um, and then when he got dropped by State Farm and all this other stuff, it was just like, oh, well, guess what? I guess the real Aaron Rodgers gets to come out now, you know? <laughs> the real um, Aaron Rodgers. He's been in darkness for the last 16 years. You know, it, it was him he saying he was – It was there. him saying he was immunized rather than vaccinated. Oh, yeah, it was, it was the whole, like, yeah, it was the whole uh, COVID stuff. Anyway, getting special treatment on all of that in, in the week. But anyway, we, we do need to hit like very quickly what the uh, what the offseason pickups need to be. All right, so, here we go. We're going into our two minute warning, right? I was going to say, I think it's time for the two minute warning. That's the one. That's the one thing I'm going to miss about Brady. <laughs> Oh God! As a, as a Jet fan, I'm glad he's gone. But you know, Brady is the author of so many memes. He is. He <laughs> you know is. I mean, saying? you know, when you've been in the league, when you when you don't when you don't want to leave the league, you're gonna, you're gonna be part of a lot dude, of dudes. Dude is kind of awkward all the time, though, right? He is. You he know, can be very cool. very awkward all the time. So you know, I don't know. Well, anyway. it's gonna be me rooting for the Mannings over Brady again once he retires. Anyway, so there you go. So two minute warning. Each guest, each host gets two minutes to give us their thoughts. And the topic of the show or for the two-minute warning is uh, off-season, you know, necessities. Who wants to go first? Uh, it'll be relatively quick for me, I think, because I don't think the Jets genuinely need a ton uh, on either side of the ball, necessarily. Um, to clarify, like... There, there is a larger separation of talent between, the, say, the Packers wide receivers and the Jets wide receivers than I than I stated earlier. But I don't really think they need to make a pickup there, right? I don't think they need to get any more wide receivers. I think the tight end situation is pretty pretty good. They have two solid tight ends that can block and catch, and they've kind of played well in different halves of the season, right? We had we had one tight end play well for the first half, and one tight end play well for the second half. Um, our offensive. Line was really solid. Injuries just kind of messed things up there, right? Our running game is solid. Um, we had a rookie of the year candidate, and we had a lot of great runners behind him that just weren't able to carry the load primarily, but could be great secondary runners on the team. Um, defense, I mean, definitely don't need anything in the secondary. Um, on the defensive line, you know, again, I don't think there's any like huge needs, maybe with the linebacker core. Although again, we have uh, some really, really solid linebackers, some some possible Hall of or Pro Bowl, Hall of Fame cal caliber linebackers in the future. Right now, that are young, this team that's really, really great. And obviously, we talked about it. The only pressing need the Jets have is quarterback. Yeah, and we said that they could be an eleven-win team. <clears throat> Off of just what they did, or tw yeah, an eleven win team off of just what happened this season. Our level was it eleven five and one? Mm -hmm. was the final record that we came up with. That's your two minutes. <laughs> Quarterback. <laughs> Next up, Walt, my man. Two right. minutes are on the clock and go. Like I said, at, at it begins and ends with the quarterback. Um, is it going to be Aaron Rodgers? Is it going to be Derek Carr? I think for the Jets to win the offseason, they have to come away with one of those two guys. If we're talking about going into the next season with either Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, who I believe as as talented as he may be, I think he's a product of the system that 
Kyle Shanahan runs over in San Francisco. Um, if we're talking about Ryan Tannehill, uh, then we're walking into you know a buttload of issues. And you know what? Both uh, Joe Douglas and Robert Sala on are on notice because um, you're you you were the ones that said we are going to get a veteran quarterback. To me, there's no, nobody else except Aaron Rodgers and, and Derek Carr. And obviously, I want Derek Carr here because I think he fits way better than Aaron Rodgers does. Um, aside from that, maybe linebackers, maybe some depth uh, on that offensive line. Um, I, but really, and I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like we're one player away. We're not, but we are one player away from being a very good playoff team. We are a couple of players away from being a possible Super Bowl contender. Anything so, on the Giants? Um, the Giants, hey, listen, uh, I think they do need to fix that defense. Uh, I think they do need to upgrade their level of talent overall. Wide receivers are a must. And I think DJ has to be your number one target. I would like to have Saquon back here because I think he's a very interesting dynamic with, those, with that team. Um, and listen, Saquon is a, a singular talent. You can't replace him that easily. You can replace some, some of that, but not all of it. So I think that's where it's with the Giants. I like this horn. Yeah. <laughs> Which thing, one is um, that one? I didn't, say, I didn't say anything about the Giants. Quick thing I want to say is that um, they were 31st in interceptions. Defense has to improve. Yeah. Defense has to improve. I'm not saying that they don't need to improve. Uh, so going into my two-minute mark, two-minute warning. You're on the clock. Um, the, uh, yes, I do, think, I, I, do think, I do think that the Giants uh, need to improve in every single section as far as priorities go, though. I think it's get DJ, improve the O-line, pick up a wide receiver, get a veteran in the defense, uh, especially in the secondary, that can kind of become the leader and mold some of these younger players. Uh, I think in the uh, the biggest thing that we saw in, in from my perspective, in the when when facing the Eagles and especially facing it, it, it playing the uh, in the postseason, is these young guys just like not really living up to the task. And I think that was just you know lack of experience uh, for the most part. Um, would love to have Saquon back. Don't know if we. Don't know if we need them, you know, if we can find running backs. And I think that it's been proven across the league that you can just find running backs that can fit your schemes if you have really good coaching. And we have really good coaching. And I think that we have a really good leader in, um, in DJ. Um, for the Jets, a new head coach. Wow. You really? guys need a new head coach. Wow. I don't think that Salah really cuts the mustard. Why? After that year defensively? Why? Well, I don't think that he's the reason that you guys were defensively good. That's why, you know. And it's, it's I his think, scheme, though, huh? It's his scheme. He's the one that brought it from San Francisco. Albright is just running it. I, I, you know, so so my issues with with Salah is, I think that um, the defense allowed him to make to uh, allow the team to kind of like you know plug some holes that would have been a little bit more apparent um in Salah himself but I think that his play calling under pressure uh is not good um and I think that he second guesses himself and his offense a lot uh personally so 
That's it. I think you have to navigate a difficult situation with a lot of injuries and limited weapons. Exactly. And and you know what? Two I, minute I, warning. Two minute warning. Game's over. I know. I know. Well, you I you know. have a little lower time actually because we talked in on yours. So if you want to go yeah. for another fifteen <laughs> seconds. So then you want to go for another that. fifteen seconds by talking more over it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm letting, letting you know talking. that you have a little more time to continue. No, no, no. no. So no, those those are my points. I just think that like, and I'm just kind of giving a hot take there, be contrarian, I guess. But I think that like, I I just you know okay, Robert Tiki Barber never Robert excuse. <laughs> Okay, Robert Sala just I just don't feel like he is that guy, you know. So I think I think he takes credit for this. No need let me, for let me ask you this. Mm. How how do you think he handled navigating both the Denzel Mim trade request, the Elijah Moore trade request, uh the Zach Wilson situation? Good That's or bad. The thing. So I so I I, I think terribly Wait, because he, because here's the thing that should have never came up. In the beginning, you know, the reason that they feel comfortable even saying these things publicly is because he didn't have control of the locker room in the first place. You know, it's I, the players controlling the locker room as opposed to the head coach. If he had a good I, head didn't, coach, I didn't feel that, that at all during the season. No, no, I, I understand. Okay. I'm just, I, I, I no, say this the topic, guys. Let's what yeah. about players? Players, any players that they need, any positions? No, that, like that's it. That's that's my thing. I mean, you guys feel yeah, just, it's, it's what that's 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 what I feel about it. So Oh, so many yeah. things that I want to say, but I'm not going to say that in this conversation. Well, you know, well, what? We're, we're very, very well over time. So yeah, I know we we actually have planned this as a 45 minute episode, and I think we we've doubled that, right? Yeah, but you know what? That's that, half, we're, so. we're so passionate about our teams that we can't stop talking. But when we do stop talking, this is what we got for you. That's when you're supposed to hit the outro. Wait, hold on. No, not Gate. First of all, first of all, we have to say goodbye. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I will can't, can't be dropping an outro and 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 then <laughs> goodbye. That would have been oh, so perfect. Way, goodbye. Though. That would have been so perfect, though. <laughs> well, listen, I, I I think we're gonna come back. Uh, we're probably gonna we're probably gonna have an emergency episode if and when the Jets do decide to get a quarterback, and if and when DJ and Saquon actually sign with the Giants. You know, um, but, but basically what we're, we're looking at is we're probably going to have another episode aside from that um, once we hit the draft um, and then once free agency kind of starts shaping up. And then the plan is we are we are going to be we're going to be all in starting the preseason into the lead up going into the season. And then we are just going to go ham with, we'll see um, you there with, every week. with them, you know, so um, definitely. Please make sure to subscribe and hit that little notification bell because when we come back, y'all need to be notified. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and definitely tell everybody if you like if you like what we did. Listen, I want to thank you for for joining us. And as always, go Giants and go Jets. 